Test Commando team was placed in cryogenic suspension as an emergency contingency plan. The horrific release of Age of Conan. an unsuspecting population prompted their revival. These one and a half MMO experts, modified by super science, have dedicated themselves to providing insightful, humorous commentary in the hopes of preventing future catastrophes of the Age of Conan Magnetic. If you're playing or making a crappy MMO, and if you can find them on iTunes, you can listen to the M Team. Listen to this channel, guys. This is episode 130 of Channel Massive, and you have three hosts in this episode. I'm Noah. I'm Scott. Scott? Yes, perfect. I didn't have to cue you. Thank you. Well, I, it's my second I, show, so. He's I am the awkward in, in, interjector, Mark. <laughs> Interjecting oddly or awkwardly for 130 episodes now. I believe, <laughs> or so. Yeah. Noah? We thank you for downloading this episode, <laughs> and we are going to be talking about a number of good things. We got a whole bunch of great feedback, and we're going to be telling you what we've been playing. And we have... And why we've been playing it? Uh, yes, definitely why. And we have four pretty cool roundtable topics we're excited to talk about. We're going to talk about offline leveling, the upcoming Warhammer 40k MMO, microtransactions and subscriptions and their bastard children and starcraft 2 we'll also be able to get you some league of legends time because i know that there's some of you out there that are just waiting for us to talk about it after our most recent episodes can't get enough i'm gonna guess that it was beneficial if we've gotten this much email in (laughs) i I, I know (laughs) i used to feel so guilty about it like you know it's like (laughs) It's like if we'd spent like a half hour talking about bass fishing or something, you know? (laughs) And then everybody asked about our lures. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What kind of lure do you use? Well, (laughs) I'm partial to salmon eggs, but, uh, you know. But anyway, um, but now I don't feel so guilty. Yes, thank you for validating us, listeners. We appreciate it. I do feel guilty about it. One more reason to talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) Now I'll just feel guilty for wearing, you know, women's underwear at night, but but not for the League of Legends talk. So. Yeah, but the granny panties don't count. Oh, <laughs> they're pretty sexy. The way I wear them, they are. <laughs> Someone to hold me tight would be very nice. Someone to love me right. This episode of Channel Massive is sponsored by UGT Servers. When you order Ventrilo hosting from UGT, you get all the powerful administration features hardcore gamers want and the ease of use that newbie gamers need. With 24-hour tech support, 13 locations worldwide, and a 15-day money-back guarantee, you'd be crazy not to check them out. Head to UGT-Servers.com for all your Ventrilo hosting needs. Hey, 
I'm curious if I'm going to have anything different to say than what you guys have been playing. I've actually only been playing League of Legends, unfortunately. (laughs) I don't have a lot of variety, but I've enjoyed it, so it's not really unfortunately for me. No uh, Nintendo games at all? No. <laughs> so have you been... been Nintendo Dodo is down. <laughs> yeah. No. Does it just go offline after a week like this? Has <laughs> <laughs> a little construction side guy, you know? No, fortunately, I've, uh, we've been doing lots of planning and getting ready for E3. That's going to be a really big event for us, and we really want to be prepared getting into it, so... I have been doing a lot for Nintendo Joe, but none of it has revolved around actually playing Nintendo games. It's all been very uh, managerial and administrative. Website. Pardon? Have it, you mean the fun part of having a, a website? <laughs> yes, the real fun. How many from Nintendo Joe are coming to E3? <laughs> Something about that question just made me think of some medieval battle. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm planning. I'm, I'm planning the Channel Massive versus Nintendo Joe Turf War. You're going to bring a trebuchet or something? Yeah, I'm going to manufacture a trebuchet and install a portcullis on my uh, my uh, <laughs> hotel doorway. And perhaps Stand a motor. Balcony and Marks, you got you to wear the orange jumpsuit and have the yellow spiky hair. Oh, that, well, that too. Yeah, I'll be ready. <laughs> I didn't know he was in a Naruto cosplay, but that's great. <laughs> I'm going to dress as Tristana for my cosplay. <laughs> nice. You really do have similar proportions. It works out really well. Oh, yeah. I am I am nothing if not shaped exactly like Tristana. <laughs> there are three people coming from Nintendojo. There were going to be more, unfortunately, but it was not in the cards. Finances always get in the way. Yeah. Does that count you or three in addition? Yeah, to that's you? counting me. So we'll just channel massive will claim you. So then it'll be two <laughs> versus three. I think we can take them. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure they're easy to take. We will pilfer. <laughs> we will pilfer the Nintendo Joe spoiled quality. <laughs> we will. So, we will take the women and make them ours, and then we will salt the earth. <laughs> so about Mark my League of Legends game time. <laughs> I. I racked up about 10 or 11 kills or losses in a row, more than my Pantheon streak, which is surprising because I was ready to give up on League of Legends. I remember. Eight in a row with Pantheon? Yeah. Yep. And I think I've just become numb and apathetic to losses. Yeah. (laughs) I was trying all sorts of heroes. That's That's the magic and the beauty of League of Legends is that there's always new heroes coming out, and they all have different play styles, and... It's just fun to experiment with them. It's it's unfortunate that it usually takes a lot of time to truly find out if a champion is a good fit for you or not. But all the ones that I played had a lot of fun with. I played the hero that Scott has played a lot, Sivir, who throws like this cross-shaped boomerang with blades on the edges and ends of it. You know, and she's I actually really fun. They actually pronounce it severe. Really? Yeah, because the you know they did the champion spotlight on her and they there was a section in there where he made a play on the word severe with her name in it. Hmm. I was like, there. huh. I wouldn't they guess that it's spelled that way. Very poor spellers. Yes. Yeah, I, I thought it would be too, but But any type of character that has even going back to Warcraft 3's 
Um, General Thrall? Yeah, Thrall. Leader How, of the Orcs. Yeah, any type of attacks that bounce off of multiple minions, I always love that, and that's what she does best. Oh, nice. Yes, Especially yeah. when you rapidly accelerate her attack speed, and it's just beautiful to see all of these blades bouncing and bouncing and bouncing all over the place. Really cool. Yeah. But I also downloaded or purchased or acquired, whatever you want to call it, the new hero, Garen, which all of us as a group felt that it would be a good hero for me. And I was nervous about it because we built it up so much that it was going to actually be disappointing. <laughs> but he ended up being really cool. Nevertheless, I did rack up like four or five losses with him. But then after a night where I'd said, you know what? When you lose this many times, you can't keep blaming the team. <laughs> Because usually it was like, well, we had a bad team, or we had the outsect against us. But it's like, you know, I think I'm the problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I and said I we should play. start seeing other people. Yeah, so <laughs> like, you know, I think I'm not play it anymore. And Tara's actually at that point right now, too. She played with us, and Eric played with us. It's, it was a big bunch of love this last weekend. But then I, I still went back. I'm like, all right, I'm going to just play by myself. I'm not going to play with anybody else. I'm just going to get matchmaked. With people who are at my same level, and I won, and it was so cool. And I'm still basking in that glory. I haven't played it since. <laughs> yeah, don't let it go. Yeah, don't play again. <laughs> Maybe that is the right time to quit. Is after That's I find time to my walk first away. victory after ten or eleven losses in a row. <laughs> yeah, and and every every day you log in, if you just get that first win, you get the bonus XP. Then you log out and you're done. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was so cool because I've never played with such domination in any previous game. I mean. I just was bouncing in between the lanes and wherever I came, I'd just kill somebody and then I'd just go back into the jungle and pop out somewhere else. And then I actually was jungling, which I've never done before. And I was getting the cool runes and power ups that spin around you after you kill the monsters. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was just really cool. I've never done that before and I played so confidently and, and actually effectively, most importantly. So it was, it was really awesome. So that's my League of Legends story. And you've played nothing else? Nothing at all? Nothing since then. I'd like to play Mario Galaxy. I've been craving playing that since the sequel's coming out soon. That's such a terrific game on Wii, but nope, nothing else. How about you, Scott? Mark. What have you been playing? Oh, I'll go next. Well, let's see. I have been playing League of Legends as well, um, and uh, pretty much not totally exclusive. I've I dipped a few hours into um, DDO, a few hours into Runes of Magic, and uh, my PC died tonight, so I'm... Uh, I don't know when the next time I'll be playing is. Um, at least those games, it'll be a while. I could probably uh, scrounge up something to get League of Legends going because it is—it's pretty small download. It's about 650 megs or something. It's pretty, pretty tolerant of a low-end machine. Um, but now I've been—you know—I was playing Severe, and you know, I—I kind of found a niche with her. But she is she's such a pincushion. I mean, she really—she can't go toe to toe with any hero really for very long um and her my biggest issue with her was her default attack is just slightly uh her range is slightly shorter than pretty much every other ranged character so you you are you're always having to dip into somebody else's attack range to make a you know to do anything yeah so i know that I, one i got to where you know i'm I kind of accommodated for that, so I play, you know, pretty passively until I get to the you know sixth or seventh level there. But um, 
and I still like her. I'm, I'm not giving up on her by any stretch, but uh, I kept getting, you know, the Ash, the Archer chick, kept just owning me. I mean, and it wasn't the same guy. It was just, you know, game after game after game, and it's because her range is so long. But so I said, well, she's one of those, you know, she's one of the cheap characters, so I just bought her so I could play against her in practice matches. And then I started player, and I figured out that her ultimate, the you know, the long, huge ice arrow she shoots, it um, the only thing that it stops on is champions. So it doesn't hit towers, it doesn't hit any of the foliage in the jungle or anything, or and it doesn't hit uh, neutral monsters. So you can't use it to attack like the dragon or the creatures, and it only or the minions. So it only hits champions, and it goes as far as it can until it's out oh, yeah. of the map. I've seen that so before. It's well, I, so I've I've only done it twice in about five games, but. Um, being able to stand almost back at your base and shoot to one of the side lanes and hit somebody is pretty damn awesome. Um, yeah. Especially like right when they attack a tower, you know, especially like a melee champion that you know is going to be right up on it. You can just, I mean, because you can actually shoot, you, um, you know, towards the, um, towards that direction, kind of with the icons, um, and you can actually shoot off screen and hit somebody. It's pretty cool. I have to admit, I've I've, uh, I've had a lot of fun with that. I don't know if I'm going to stick with her long term, but um, just just that in and of itself is uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, that's a I, cool thing. I I first realized that was a actually an an ability of hers when I was attacking a tower, and this ice arrow just missed me. And then I looked around on the mini map for the person, and they were all the way across, like. I was on the the bottom, and they were all the way on the top. <laughs> and, yeah, it's and hard it came to pull all off. The way yeah, but when you do, it is it's you know it's, it's like a symphony. It is just that yeah that awesome. It's the ultimate skill shot. Pretty cool. I, but I was like you know I got into that that slump where I I think I had nine games in a row where I had lost, and um, yeah, it, and then all of a sudden it just sort of turned. I, I think my ELO was just a um, just a little too high. They used the you know the chess rating system for your how they match you as a player and throw you into matches with other characters but that way and uh I think I've turned like now I've won three of my last four so I don't know if it's just luck oh, of the draw or or what so wow that's awesome and mm-hmm. let's see other than that I played a little bit of Mass Effect 2 and I'm I'm really I'm really worried. I've got <laughs> I've got two pretty big save games. I would I really need to get off this machine for Mass Effect 3 when it comes out, hopefully next year. So when I build this new machine, I'm going to have I, I I don't know if I can if I can go through an entire trilogy of it in one sitting. It's maybe too much. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I bought Mass Effect on Steam just to get a saved game and and have played all the way through it again just to get the same game. I don't know if I could do that again just to just oh, to get man. a full trilogy game. It is pretty cool that it carries over your settings from you know the what happens in Mass Effect One will carry over in the save game for Mass Effect Two and and so on. So that is cool. It's too cool. Hopefully you can uh, recover the, that. Yeah, I think I think I can. I think I'll be all right. But uh, um, other than that. Uh, it's been League of Legends pretty much nonstop. I've uh, 
I have bailed on my uh, my Modern Warfare guys two weeks in a row just to play League of Legends. So, <laughs> wow. Well, I'm sure they're they're bummed, but maybe you can bring them in. Yeah, I, I don't know. They're real. They are, you know, they're first person shooter. That's all they do, pretty much. At least three of the four of them. So, you know, I don't know if it's uh, it's going to happen or not. They pretty much don't play anything but first-person shooters. Mm, yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, you know the type. You know the. Oh yeah. Counter. They have they have Counter Strike, Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare Two. You know, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, that's all they need. <laughs> it's a lovely game. It's like, well, yeah, but man, some flavor. Yeah, exactly. So, Mark, what about you? Well, I've been playing... Um, I resubscribed to Age of Conan, reinstalled, bought the expansion, um, or pre-ordered the expansion, I guess, with with the digital collector's edition, the, the Might of Chrome thing, so that gave me 60 days of game time and every virtual item you could ever want. So, I've been playing that. I've been offline leveling my... Um, conqueror because I just I'm, she's in some place that's like she's in the middle of a wasteland and I don't really know how I got there I might, may have been under the influence a few months ago or something but um, I'm just kind of wandering around in this wasteland killing these crazy insect creatures But so I've been offline leveling her I've gotten three levels so far through that system and then I've been playing um, a new character a dark templar kind of see what what that's all about and um just got he's just at the very beginnings right now but i'm kind of enjoying enjoying being a a brand new character and i think i'll probably take him through the first 20 levels of tortage and then go right into the the new content from the expansion so that's that's kind of my master plan the expansion is like level 20 to 40 right yeah so it should be perfect and I've got the run through Tortage down to a science, and with my newer, faster system than what I had the first time I played Age of Conan, it's it's even more, you know, it's even better. Well, I was I was curious. I know we've all been talking about possibly dipping back into it and everything. Is has the stability issues and and that type of stuff has it uh, improved? Uh, I haven't had any issues yet, but I haven't played for more than two hours at a time yet so you know i haven't yeah the, like, yeah that's the memory leaks used to kind of catch up around the four hour mark I yeah know. right so i haven't gone you know i just haven't had the the discretionary time to go that far but um from what it i've done far time away from league of legends so it does yeah so i feel like i'm cheating on league of legends when i play it but but i like feeling dirty so she is a good. brutal mistress yeah, but it's it's pretty fun. I, I I have to say, um, they have smoothed out a lot of a lot of the kinks. Um, it it's I don't know, it's pretty cool, and it's cool to play with way better graphics. So kind of kind of liking That's, that. Yeah, I I wasn't sure with my the age of my machine if I was even wanting to play it again. Anyway, I mean, I, well, <laughs> I don't know. You know, if I get a new machine in just a few weeks, it might be oh, worth looking it up with the 64-bit. That, that's what I mean. Seven. I mean, with a new machine, you'll be jamming. You know, so um, anyway, if you're if you if any of you out there have ever thought about playing Age of Conan but just didn't want to take the 
the plunge, you know, I heard about all the stability issues and other things. Um, it looks like you can get into the game with the expansion now for like twenty nine ninety nine. So having had months to stabilize it and, you know, add content, I think it's a pretty good deal. So, um, but I've been playing that and league of legends. Um, I've been mostly just playing with, um, our group of, of, of friends and, having fun. Uh, we did have a pretty bad losing streak the other night, as Noah alluded to. Um, but uh, I've been I've been kind of trying to uh, try some different characters out, and uh, I'll, I'm going to continue that, and I'll, I'll have something to say on the next podcast about my adventures and in, in other other champions besides Tristana, because I'm still you know kind of getting a feel for it. But it's been kind of fun, and it's been from illuminating. Her. What's that? <laughs> You'll never walk away from her. No, oh, no, she'll. I'll never. She'll never not be the primary. But it has been kind of illuminating to play some of the other characters and find out their limitations that I never knew about. So, you know, like like Mordecai's used to scare the crap out of me, and now that I've played him a few games, I'm like, I I think I really know how to how to chip away at him. And in a, in a recent game, that proved to be true. So that was kind of kind of cool. So. My goal now is just to try and play like all the different characters, especially the ones that are the toughest for me to oppose as Tristana and kind of understand all their limitations and how to exploit them. So, um, so that's all good. And then, um, I saw a press release today for, um, League of Legends that they've got a new character that's coming out that's like a ninja, a ninja. Oh yeah, the, nin- the female ninja with the, uh, sickles. Uh, yeah, the, what are they called? Camis or? Kai. K I yeah, Kami's you're right. K K A M I. K A M A, I thought. Camas. Camas. They're like they're like little hatchet things. Um like like miniature sides. Yeah. Yeah. Sides sides and um I think that that character looks really cool because she looks kinda like a like we keep seeing these ninja characters that come out with and she seems to be like the most true ninja ever, so um kind of excited of the possibilities of playing that one. Um, other than that, I've not, I've forsaken playing games on my iPod or my iPhone and I'm just sticking with PC stuff. So that's all I have to report thus far. That's not too bad considering the amount of time we've plugged into League of Legends over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, no doubt. It's been a lot. So I was just proud I'm, to play something s- besides it. 75 games now, I think. So Jesus. Wow, that's old. You've really played a lot. I'm at like 230 or something like that. So, but I've been playing since the beta. So, <laughs> you're at Scott with your summoner. What's that? What level are you at, Scott? Um, oh. I think I just hit 14. Wow. Yeah, you're zooming past me. I think that's right. I'll have to look again. Of course, it may be a few days before I get back in there. But that's awesome. Well, cool. Shall we? Uh, Get into the mailbag? Yeah. You've got mail. Now we're going to get into our mailbag. We have three pieces of email from our listeners that we'd like to go over. Thank you guys so much for writing in. Thank you for the new people who have written in. We always love to hear from you. And our first email, quite fittingly, is related to what we were just talking about. It's from Matt. He says, 
I love the show. You guys are great. How about a League of Legends segment where you give some beginner tips? Me and my wife just started playing. Any help would be great. Keep up the great podcast. So, I love the exclamation points. Yes. <laughs> He's excited about League of Legends. Like, we haven't talked about it enough. Yeah, I, I think he wants a whole... I, I think he'd be happy if we had a segment that was just called League of Legends. <laughs> oh, we, we practically do now. So. <laughs> <laughs> and as it turns out, Matt, uh, well, at least Scott and I are total beginners. <laughs> so anything we've talked about has been, well, beginners, trial and error, I suppose. What would you say, Scott, that, you, that has helped you get into the game and, and progress so nicely? Well, um, I mean, I think you're like I am. You may have played, um, you know, the Warcraft two mod, I mean, Warcraft three mods and things like that. So the the format of how the basic mechanics of the game work are not un, unknown to us prior to playing. Um, yeah. A couple things that I would really, if you're really beginning, is one is play a couple practice games. Um, oh, definitely. Just to learn the mechanics just to learn, you know, and the practice games are not going to, you know, be too easy on you. I mean, they're going to, you know, they're not as good as as real players, but you can most definitely learn how to play by playing the practice matches. Um, I would also say you probably want to start with a ranged character as, you know, to, just to begin to, to learn to play just because it, um, you know, with there's so much... Uh, spike damage in the game where when you're playing a melee character you really need to know what you're doing before you or or you'll have a a lot of <laughs> a lot of deaths early on um the other thing i would say is you know with the fact that league of legends will throw you know what is is it 10 um in the in the temporary list every week that they change up the the champions you can play each week that you don't actually have to pay for, and that gives you a great opportunity to play a few games with somebody that you think you might like, just to see how they play without having to spend the money to open them up. Um, I, I really, I mean, you know, I play Severe a lot, and that's really how I found her. Was she just happened to be free the week I started playing, and so I tried three or four of the characters, and she was the one I liked best. So I kind of stuck with that. Um, I also say once you find one you kind of like play with that champion for a while so that you can begin to uh, to develop some you know some familiarity with their skills and how that certain character plays what about you yeah I, I think it's always good to just start with the characters that you have available and just pick the ones that you think, wow, that sounds like it'd be a lot of fun to play, or that one looks really cool, and jump into a practice match, maybe even one that's not against real people, and just to get a feel of uh, what um, what suits your playstyle best. Because that's what I think is great about the game, because there's so many different types of heroes and different playstyles of the heroes that you're able to just really experiment and it, it's 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 easy if you play one game and you have this one here and you're like oh my gosh i just hate this game this is no fun because you think you've got it all figured out but it can be a totally different experience if you pick someone different well one of the advantage i can see they have is if, if he and his wife are both playing is you can get a practice match 
She can play one side. You can play the other. You pick four computer-controlled characters on each side so you can play against each other. So you're playing against a real person, but you know the person. You're both learning the game. You know, you can kind of begin to... You can almost critique each other and say, well, this is what I was seeing when I did this. This is, you know, I mean, I, it's, it would be a real advantage to just have a partner to play with all the time. Especially if you're both learning the game at the same time, you have the ability to kind of, to kind of get in there and, um, you know, really kind of get a, a sense of the game that, you know, most of us playing by ourselves most of the time aren't you know, we, won't, we don't have that advantage. The other thing is, if you're playing with somebody all the time, you know, uh, in the five-man games, usually the two outer lanes have two people in them. You can, if you develop a real rapport with one person and you always play in lanes together, you can be a pretty strong little sub-team on the five-man teams that you play with. Isn't there somewhere that you can check what the most popular heroes are at any given time that are being played? I thought I saw a chart of that somewhere. Do you guys know that? I don't know about that. That'd be cool, though. I know there's a European... Um, there's a site that shows the uh, the European uh, rankings. Um, you know, like who the top players are and that kind of stuff. Hmm. Yeah, that'd, be, that'd be pretty cool. Just to yeah, know. That, another thing is... But something that's really helpful if you're just totally like reaching and like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to play as, really use the level of difficulty indicator bar that's listed with each hero according to right games. You, when you go to look at the profile or the bio of each hero, it'll show with the little bar how difficult the hero is supposed to be, whether to play as, whether it's easy, medium, or hard, or whatever. Go for the easy ones. It'll definitely make a difference. You'll be able to tell, like, wow, I'm doing pretty good with this. Ash is yeah. one character who's listed as an easy. I think that's why she's so popular. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. And the hearts are hard. <laughs> yes. But when you're good with them, holy cow. Yes. It shows. Mark, did you have anything else that you wanted to add in about masteries or strategy places? Um, I would just say one one thing that might, you know, if you're if you're if you're playing the game and you know you're into it, and you're, you know, agonizing over spending a little money to get a character or not, you know, for, I, I think it's like $19 worth, you can get the collector's edition, the digital collector's edition, and then you have, you know, a whole slew of characters that just come with that. So before buying, you know, spending any Riot points to buy anything, I would get that first, just so you have it. Um because then you have just a, a gazillion choices um, to, to kind of bounce through. I don't know if that's how you guys did it or not, but no, that's what I would advise. I actually got a lot of lay. I mean, I you know I haven't actually bought any characters. I've only got about six that I've opened up through using spending riot points. But I've really taken advantage of the free, you know, the free characters every week to try, even if I'm not interested in. Like a great example is last week, Blitzcrank, the the um, mechanical steam robot was um, one oh, yeah. of the free, free characters. And he's great. He's probably the next one I'm going to be able to buy. I mean, I was just um, – I would have probably never picked him with the, with the stats, you know. It just didn't seem like it would be my style, but I, I really had fun with him a couple of times. I just 
you know, played around with him just to see what he did. And he's got that chain move that will you know, grabs you and pulls you back to him. That's just... Oh, man, that's devastating. A lot of fun. Yeah, that one's, that one's totally devastating. <laughs> when you get sucked into some place you Especially never should have Especially when you're been. trying to run away. And he's yeah. got someone with him, and then he grabs you and pulls you in, and then the, his little cohort beats your butt. That's happened to me a lot of times. Yeah, I hate that. Uh, and he can he can he can dish out the damage too. He's pretty he's pretty resilient. So I'm, I, I was. He's got a cool pleased. design too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little different than some of the yeah, other. Art Deco kind of kind of cool. There's also some really good strategy sites that give you really good breakdowns of exactly what abilities to level up in what order, what items should you pick up, who should you play as, or if you want to play this character as this type of way, or if you want to play the characters this way, type of way, then you should use this these abilities or this build order. And for me, when I was playing as Pantheon, that made a, a world of difference for me. And Scott, you've also done that too, right? Yeah, I pretty much live on um, LeagueCraft.com. Um, they pretty much any character you want, they actually have. You know, if they have a character builder, you know, kind of a web app where you can, you know, kind of build out your character and. If you do that, I mean, there's several guides that have been built out there um, where they'll kind of give you the order you should build in, what you should build. But the nice thing is, is they give you a lot of detail of why they're including certain pieces in their builds and what that does with, you know, this character's strength versus another character's strength. The other thing I like is you can rate the guides, and in all the guides themselves, um, they're kind of listed as separate um separate items so you can I mean there's like several posts but it's all referencing the single guide so you can have a discussion of the strengths and the weaknesses of a particular guide and actually got a lot of I may not have followed some of those to the T but I got a lot of information out of the comments to a particular guide as to why somebody disagreed with whatever the person did or why the person agreed with whatever the person did. And that really, because truthfully, I think the items that you get in game as you're playing probably make the most difference no matter what. I mean, yes, the masteries are important and the runes that you can get from the item shop are important. They sort of um, kind of fill out your character and make sure that you're, you know, you're enhancing their strengths or at least covering their weaknesses by using those masteries or the runes themselves. But I really think knowing what you should buy in your items and when to buy it and and what order you're going to get those items in really makes the most difference. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Huge difference. Oh, that's cool. Check that out. I haven't checked that one out at all. Yeah, some other ones that are good that we would recommend are... Mob of Fire, M-O-B-A-F-I-R-E.com. That has lots of different strategies for each hero, and you can do a search, and again, there's ratings and comments, and it'll help you really narrow down which strategy you should use. And Mark, you also recommend the forums at solomid.net? Yeah, they, they were. I was just going through them today, and they, they seemed pretty decent. Um, was a they were more positive than a lot of forums are, so I thought that was good. But uh, seemed to have some pretty good, good, good. Yeah, the fact that it. League of Legends is is competitive by nature, there's a there's a lot of trolling in their in their yeah. 
the one thing that I found missing that I've been searching for, so if y'all come across it, I, I want to even hear about it, is um, there's not a lot of talk about team builds. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That would be good to know. Because for the people that don't know, you, you know, you can you can play basically, uh, you know, a lot a, a free form lobby. Every you know, you just get picked based by rank, or you can have a ranged teams. And I would think that, you know, those you know the kind of developing a true team build and where certain characters can help other characters be stronger just because they're on the same team. I can I really see where that is is where it's at. I mean, if you really want to get good, you need to have yeah, a team I would love that if, each other. Yeah, if they'd said, like, all right, so this would be a good uh, having a melee team if you have this here, this here, this here, this here. That would be awesome to just try out different mixes based off of recommendations. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just it's it seems like it's ready-made for somebody to kind of, you know, especially the more advanced players that are pretty much playing in, in arranged matches non-stop it's like they don't put these you know, these team guides together i'm kind of surprised at that yeah me too really seems just like something that needs to happen <laughs> so right, you experienced right. uh yeah <laughs> experienced people need to get to work <laughs> tell us how you win how are you beating us what are you doing why do you laugh at us yeah and don't tell us why you're obnoxious we get plenty of that already yeah. you don't need to know about yeah. that that's for sure. <laughs> okay, so that was a, a 14 or so minute League of Legends corner. <laughs> so let's go into our next piece of email. We got an article referred to us from a Tim Handorf, and I've been kind of skeptical about this article because it looks like it's on a website that has no business having a video game call article on it, but there's other ones there. I don't know if it's a spammy thing or not, but the topic is interesting, and the article's about the top 20 video games that push the envelope. We're not going to go through the entire list but it might be interesting to to check it out and talk about any of these that you've actually played personally the ones that i've had experience with are soldier of fortune mortal kombat fahrenheit or indigo prophecy wolfenstein and doom of course and last but not least that are live extreme beach volleyball was <laughs> I suppose an envelope pusher. It was kind of weird that once you got into it and realized it was this weird primetime soap opera simulator with gift giving and politics related. Like, oh, I want her to be on my team, so I'm going to give her yeah. these gifts and not give this girl these gifts. I, I really, I uh, mean, the Grand Theft ones, okay, I agree with. Um, some of the others are very obscure games. Um, I mean, Custer's Revenge, really? <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's, I mean, that's an old Atari 2600, and that wasn't a big title even back then. Um, I do. I would say Doom should fit on there. That at the time it came out with you know the with what it um with what they had. Uh, I mean, even even like you know Saw. I mean, that's a movie game. I mean. <laughs> You know, I, I, none of those are really cutting edge because they're really panning the movie that they were in. Now, the movie itself may have been, you know, kind of a new, more brutal version of horror, but I don't know if the game itself was. I do think um, Bioshock was, uh, 
for what it is. Because I mean, it's it's kind of disturbing some of the imagery they have in there. Um, I was kind of surprised uh, Dante's Inferno didn't make it on this list. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good point, because that does push the envelope a lot. It it should have gotten a lot more flack than it did, but I think they were clever in their marketing to prevent that. Um, I thought Wolfenstein 3D, the only reason why they included it was is it was outlawed in Germany at the time it came out. I, I think everywhere else it was a non-issue. Um, I, don't, I didn't really see that as pushing the envelope too much. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, some of these are just yep. kind of silly. Kind of silly. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the one that, the one that, you know, I tried to just read through them and I was like, yeah, I never played that, played that, never played that, never played that. Then there's this one, Ray Play, which is a game released in Japan, and it sounds just freaking horrible. It's like, well, that. Maybe it pushed the envelope, but it it's such an outlier. It's just so uh, horrible. But it is pretty I, notorious. I mean, I, I've I, never heard about it except for my co-host on Dojo Show Go knew about it. I'm like, what are they talking about? I never heard of it till now. I had no idea. That, that is just seriously crazy. Um, it's. I'll just, I guess, read it since since I'm honing in on this one. Even accounting for taste, this one's pretty sick. Released in Japan, Rape Play is a first-person PC game in which the player stalks and rapes a woman and her daughters on the subway. Critics, including Equity Now, a group dedicated to human rights of women worldwide, denounced the game's horrific setup and publisher Illusionsoft eventually ceased distribution of the game. It's like, well, I would say that's uh, definitely pushed right through the envelope. I mean, compared to the other games, which maybe are scary, I mean, there's Custer's Revenge, and there's, uh, what's the other one, the Lula one, but, I mean, that's this one's just off the chart, like, crazy, violent, you know, uh, misogynistic, just, you, you name it, so, that one stood out to me as kind of a crazy game, uh, but the rest of them, I'm just like, yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> especially Saw, that's just a... Uh, trying to cash in on something that's trying to cash in on itself. I kind of wanted your y'all's comment. I mean, I've played through Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. It's, well, it's loaded on my now dead machine. But, um, you know, I played through, and I know, okay, yes, you're at the Russian airport, you're a terrorist, you shoot, you know, shoot innocent civilians, this, this, and this, that you're, you know, you're an undercover agent. Um, I really thought there was a lot a lot more uh, hype than was justified with the level. I mean, yes, it's disturbing, but it's, I mean, the the point of the level is these are bad guys and you want to take them down. And at the end of the level, there's a spoiler alert, it's been out for a while, it's no big deal, but he kills you. You know, oh really? <laughs> yeah, nice. like the main character, the main terrorist. You're kind of like infiltrated his team, and they're, you know, they're carrying out this terrorist event in the in a Russian uh, airport where they're, you know, basically killing civilians and that kind of stuff. Well, you're, you know, you're undercover on his team, so you're basically going through and 
shooting civilians. That's, of course, you don't have to. You could walk through the whole level and not pull your trigger once. Um, but at the end of it, I mean, the story is, hey, this is a bad guy, and he knows that you're an undercover agent, and you get killed at the end of the level, and it jumps to another character. And that kind yeah. of fits into the story. And it's like, oh. you know, it's um, it's just not – I mean, the, the ridiculous stuff where the German and Japanese versions ended the level if the player killed a civilian. Really? Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, come on. And, I mean, it, it's it's just not that bad. <laughs> I well, mean, the, ger- after, the after Germans and Japanese – They've certainly pushed out since World War II. Uh, yeah, wow. That, well, I mean, that's, the, I can understand the, you know, in Russia they they took in the Russian version of the game they took it out. They just took they it just out. Left, yeah. yeah, they just left the level out. Which I felt if they were going to if if Germany and Japan had an issue with it, they should have just taken the level out because the level makes no sense at all if it just ends prematurely as soon as you pull the trigger because. I mean, you're walking in the in an airport with a group of terrorists. You're a terrorist undercover, but you're with the terrorists, and you have a machine gun. And I'm not supposed to be shooting anybody. I mean, that's what the level is. I mean, it's right. I don't know. I thought they just. I understood the issue, but it I, to say that it was, you know, pushing the envelope. I'm not really sure if it did or not. Well, that's like I remember we. Noah, me, and Jason covered the six days in Fallujah when that was a game, but I don't think we ever circled back after it got canceled. I didn't realize it was... I, I guess I just don't remember, but it's like, that's the whole, oh, is it too soon for that, that joke kind of thing? It's like, you know, if if there was a Vietnam game right now, it wouldn't be a big deal particularly, but well, there's. Been, I mean, Modern Warfare had a Vietnam game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, or Battlefield, Battlefield, ba- Battlefield. Yeah, but this this one was just too too soon, I guess. And under the criticism, you know, Konami pulled it. But you know, it's listed on here as well, even though it was never actually released. Well, I mean, you remember the original Call of Duty? I mean, it's got a. a a uh, dictator that, you know, sets off a nuclear device in his own capital city as soon as the yeah. Marines are closing in on him. I mean, yeah. Know, okay, so it's a fictitious Middle Eastern country, but it's still pretty, uh. Yeah, it's there. I, did, I just, I just thought it was, uh, they just put a little too much, too much emphasis on something that wasn't all that controversial. I think they made more out of it than, than was reality. I'm shocked that Mass Effect isn't on here for all the blatant sex after Fox News reported on it. Oh, and it was a sex simulator. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Noah? You like of, of which particular point? <laughs> well, just the good ones that Scott and I made. <laughs> I, I actually remember. I, I think that aside from Saw, I do think a lot of those games on there when they were released, did have notoriety for doing something that was shocking for one reason or another. Even, I would say, Wolfenstein, that you were going around and shooting things. and it was a, It's one thing to play Mortal Kombat, and you see everything from a third-person perspective, and somebody rips somebody else's head off and their spine still attached oh, to yeah. the head. But it's you another thing when you're actually in first-person view, as Wolfenstein was, and it was like 
the original first person shooter running around shooting Nazis dead and they're falling over with blood and everything. That was a, a pretty big deal back then. Because even at that time, when Mortal, Mortal Kombat finally did come to, for instance, I think the Nintendo 64, Nintendo had the blood change from red to green in order to release it. Otherwise wow. They release it. I remember that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I do remember that. So uh, we've, we've lost our, our morals very quickly in the last 15 years. But 15 years ago, that was a really big deal. And I think most of those games do have a a good place on the list. So listeners, if you want to go check it out, just do a search for 20 video games that push the envelope. And if you end up on an online college site, apparently you're at the right place. <laughs> you can see the full list and the reasons why. Our last piece of email is actually going to take us full circle back to League of Legends, but not exactly League of Legends. It's from Chris slash Sark, who writes, Hey, gentlemen, okay. And he was he was saying that he was having a hard time getting Mark added to his... League of Legends friend list, I'm guessing? Yeah, because I was an idiot. So, first off, it's B-A-H-N-E or X-U-L-I-N. So, Bane or Zulin. Uh, Zulin's my little little guy account and Bane's the level 31. So, sorry about that confusion. <laughs> I Now you know what I log in as. <laughs> but not, not my in-game name. So start. Yeah, it's start so confusing. I don't know why they did that. Right, games where you have a different account name than your actual player name. It just doesn't make sense to me. It, it makes sense if you could have multiple player names. Like you log in with one account name, your your co-mark, yeah. and then you can have both your Zulin and your Bon or Bane united under one account. That would be really helpful, but otherwise just a P-I-T-A. <laughs> yeah, totally. Now what Chris bravely went and continued on is he actually went and checked out the competition he said, Heroes of New Earth is free for a week or so. Have any of y'all gotten a chance to try it for it now that the general public is being admitted? I'm curious to hear your opinions on it, if so. I find it to be a more quote-unquote pro version of DOTA with great graphics, but I dislike it overall. The pace seems to be frantic, yet the games last longer than a League of Legends game. You're punished much more harshly for making mistakes and that your tower can't save you in Heroes of New Earth when you retreat, since it's nowhere near as strong as the League of Legends tower. And then when you die, regardless of how you get killed, you lose gold. The item buying system in Heroes of New Earth is also much clunkier, and I feel that all the heroes and creeps have the same color palette, and they more they look more or less the same, a problem which League of Legends fixed a few patches ago. I have to give Heroes of New Earth credit for having a better hero selection system with options that allow teams to balance each other out by voting certain characters uh, by that you can actually vote as a team, as, as a person say, okay, the other team can't pick this hero, for instance. But the hero selection takes far too long. Beginning a game is a five-minute process, and then you get to start loading. Voice yeah. chat's a good idea in theory, until you realize that half of the players don't know any level of human decency when they're sitting at a computer. The other half use it properly, but 50% negativity is a pretty high rate of failure. All in all, I will not pay $30 to continue playing DOTA plus one. Cheers, Chris. <laughs> wow, that's just about what Noah and I said about it, I think. I, I was really it. surprised that you have to pay to buy to play the game. You can't play it for free like League of Legends. It really seems like to me that uh, Here's a New Earth is really trying to hone in on those really super hardcore DOTA players and draw them into this game 
and that's their that's their market. That's who they're going after. Where it looks like League of Legends is taking, you know, all the stuff that DOTA did that was in essence what made it this little online phenomenon that it was, and like kind of turned that into something where they could kind of expand that base beyond the mod community from Warcraft Three. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, frankly, that's where the money is. I mean, I mean, you know, some of those guys that play DOTA, I'm sure, are great, but that's a niche market of a yeah. niche market. I mean, and I, I, I considered myself a hardcore DOTA player. I mean, I played every night. I played all the time, and I really enjoyed it. And and so when I heard about Heroes of New Earth, I was really excited because I hadn't heard about League of Legends yet, and I tried. The Heroes of New Earth bit out, and it just it was not, I don't know, it, it was like all of the things that made GOTA cool, like all the characters that I really liked, that made them kind of balanced and, and fun, it's like they neutered all the characters to try to balance it, and, and I didn't like that, and I didn't like how weak the towers were, and, and so then League of Legends came out, and it was promoted as a not-so-hardcore version, but, you know... If it, maybe I'm not hardcore, I guess, but damn, it's just so much more fun. And I like the fact that the characters all look different, so you can distinguish them clearly. You, you know who you're playing. You can look at the mini-map and know where the, the the champions are. And, you know, there's just all these little things that contribute to make it the one that I that I choose to play, even though I am a, I am a paying hero. I, I, I own Heroes of New Earth, too. You know, I pay the $30 for the pre-registration thing. Well, I've played enough games now in League of Legends. I don't know if y'all run. I haven't run across any particular champion that I'd say, "Oh, he's on their team. He's gonna. They're gonna win." I no, mean, I think I think League of Legends is fairly balanced from a team. Now, I mean, player skill comes into play so much. I mean, some characters that I've seen are just untouchable, and then I play them in the next round, and somebody who's playing them just has no idea what they're doing, and they get owned. And it's yeah. like. I mean, to me, that's what that's that is the essence of balance. Is oh, that uh, yeah. How you play the character makes the difference. And I didn't mean it. I didn't mean to deride League of Legends balance. I think it's really well balanced, but not at the expense of the characters being um, all the same or boring. You know, no, I, I think you did. I was kind of commenting on his email saying oh, okay. that it allows yeah. you to kind of choose who doesn't get to play based on. You know, the team voting, saying, oh, you can't play that character, they're too overpowered. I really haven't found any characters in League of Legends that I would say are overpowered. I haven't either. No. I thought I had, and then, like you say, you play the next game and somebody just sucks with them. Or you try to play with them, and you suck with them. You know, it's like, oh, I'll play that one. He owned, and then you're like, wow. (laughs) Why why aren't I owning? (laughs) Not when I'm the captain at the helm. I'm not owning any. I'm being owned. Ah! Run, you know, so. you how bad this guy can suck. <laughs> yeah, now I know the two extremes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's I. I think I have pretty much the same exact opinion. Chris slash Sark, totally agree with you. You guys who wrote in, if you want to be in next week's episode or our next episode one thirty one, send your emails to mail. Email. Email. Nice. I beat you. At channelmassive.com. Or you can also leave us a tweet at twitter.com slash channelmassive. We look forward to hearing from you. But now let's get into our roundtable topics. 
So it appears that a new phenomenon is sweeping through the MMO community. It's it's the phenomenon of offline leveling, and some of us may believe it's destroying the world. Others think it's kind of cool. For a long time, you've been able to skill up with EVE Online. You've been able to have day jobs for City of Heroes. But now it looks like the folks at Funcom have taken it over the top with Age of Conan's offline leveling, a feature which I have recently had the fun of uh, experimenting with and I feel I've taken advantage of it a bit. I've gained three levels with my Conqueror, who was level 33 a week ago, uh, by doing nothing. Basically, I just uh, when I log into play, it says, hey, you've got some levels you can apply, and you choose the character you'd like to apply them to and how many levels, and suddenly you're, you're, you're leveling up, or uh, I guess just having a paid account. Um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you guys think about it? Uh, is, it, is, it, is it bad? Is it good? Is it going to cause mass hysteria? Well, um, I don't know. I, I can see both sides. One, I mean, if you, let's say you have a stable of characters, I mean, it can be, it can be a drain if, uh, to try to level them all up, especially if, like, you have a guild that's playing in-game content, you know, maybe doing guild battles, that type of stuff, where occasionally they may need a certain class of character. It would be helpful to be able to have several that kind of, you know, level up offline that you don't have to go spend the time to grind up to the top to get them there. Now, on the other side of that, (laughs) um, I could see if you let some... I'm hoping it's optional. Um, if you wanted to play the game as the other character and you got them up to level 30, and I mean, basically you would get leveled out of the content that you wanted to go see just by not logging into their, you know, to the account on it. Um, I really don't. I've never really liked the Eve model. I've always thought that the, you know, the real-time leveling meant that, you know. The guy that's been playing for three years, the new player's never really going to catch up to that person. Right, right. So, yeah, you know, I was they can still they can right. say, you know, oh well, but you can, you know, you could be a viable character after six months. Yeah, well, viable and equal are two different things. So, uh, yeah, viable meaning you survive thirty seconds in, uh, in you know, <laughs> versus five seconds when when a real Player killer comes out. I've never you. really experienced the City of Heroes offline day job, so um, I'm not exactly yeah. firsthand. I've never. I've always thought I thought it was kind of. Uh, it's pretty easy to level in City of Heroes already, so I didn't really see any need for it. But yeah, it was a feature that kind of came out after I pretty much quit playing the game, so I, I was still subscribed, but I wasn't really playing it, so I didn't really take advantage of it. I just remember parking my one of my characters in a library just to see what would happen, and I haven't logged back in to see what happened. So, by now I'm probably like the master librarian with access to the secret rooms in the public library where the ancient lore is, is held or something, but I don't know. I guess the question I would pose to Noah that I think would be interesting was you know, we played we played World of Warcraft together for quite a bit, and, and had had our magical moment in the in the ziggurat um, with the 
slime. But um, I was just wondering, like, if this had been a feature of World of Warcraft and, like, you know, I was still really active in it and talking about it on the podcast every week with, with the, you know, the expansion that had come out and everything, would you have kept your subscription going knowing that you could kind of keep up with me level-wise and then, you know, jump in and play the level 70 or level 80 content? Or would you have forsaken it anyway or would it have would if that had been an option what would it have what would your thoughts have been towards that i don't know it's like i could go either way i i think when it considering how i played the game basically i only wanted to play it when i was playing with someone that i knew right so usually that meant you or you and jason uh it makes sense from that perspective but on the other hand It'd be kind of weird. It'd be kind of like I was a clone or something or like a copy of me was made and I have this reward here and I have no idea how I got to it. So I haven't seen the world. I haven't gotten used to these powers. I haven't seen what's happened between point A and point B. And a lot of, particularly in World of Warcraft, a lot of the point of going through all those levels is so that, well, ideally when you get to the in-game content, you're really prepared and ready to take it on because you're used to the core mechanics of your character and you know what works best. Right, right, right. Having not experienced that part of the game, I'm not sure if I'd be able to... I'm sure it would be impossible to pick up having not genuinely experienced the the content between point A and point B, but it might be a little weird. And I'm not sure I would appreciate it as much, and maybe I wouldn't be as committed to it as much. Like, I could jump in and play with you, but I'd be like, all right, so I'll see you later. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I've spent months earning this. It's so cool. It's not so cool. And I'd be like, yeah, no, it's not. (laughs) Well, and let's let's be perfectly clear. Blizzard would never do this. What they would do is say, you could buy five levels for $25. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what they would do. Um, I did kind of think it... Instead of just an arbitrary every like uh, Age of Conan, I'm not really. I think that's probably one of the worst ways they could have implemented is just say, "Oh, if you're law, you know, if you have a, a character, he's four days old, he gets a level." I would say more allow any sub character, you know, whoever your highest level character is, make it be the master character, and then you could basically tie the other characters if you so chose, to your main character. So if you leveled your main character, your sub-character that was kind of allocated, you know, could get a level at the same time. So at least you're going through the content at least once. Um, you know, because in right, theory, right. With, the, with, the, with the Age of Conan, you could have had five level 30s, never experienced any of the 30 to 50 level content, just pay for account for six months and you have you know, five level 80s. Yeah, that was kind of the, the beauty of the way they did it with World of Warcraft with the the Death Knight. It's like, well, you had to have hit level 60 with a character to to be able to, you know, unlock the Death Knight. And then you could, you know, you could have one, but you would have had to have already experienced a whole bunch of stuff to get that character going. You know, but... But with this one, it's like, yeah, if you magically get to level thirty, you, you've got it made. You know, you can, you can, you can go ahead and just Walk level away that for six months exactly. Yeah. yeah, and do, and which is exactly what I'm going to do with my conqueror. Because frankly, I've 
I've lost track of where I was. I don't know what I was doing. So I'm just going to level her up to I'm gonna put or all you that. Gonna walk out of wherever you were without getting hit by anything. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I really don't remember why I'm where I am. The, the quests I have don't make any sense to me anymore. It's like, well, I'll just keep leveling her and check out the end game with her while I meanwhile level up a, a new one and experience the... You know, that's the other thing. The new expansion pack is level 20 to 40 level content thing. So. Well, and I mean, you know, I mean, one of the strengths, I think, of Age of Conan is the world that they've built. I mean, they oh, did yeah. a pretty good job on kind of, you know, bringing, you know, Howard's vision of Hyboria to life. I think that's, I mean, that's its strength. I mean, the gameplay is, you know, is... The combat mechanics nice, but I mean the gameplay itself is pretty standard MMO stuff. I mean it's um, experiencing yeah. the world. I think is the strength of that game. So yeah, yeah, it's, it is it is still really beautiful, and the combat still when you when you jump back into it, having played different MMOs, like I've played a lot of the free to play MMOs, you know, in between the last time I played Age of Conan, and it's like oh wow, <laughs> this is this combat is pretty cool. You know, I've kind of forgotten how. How it just seems to flow, from, you know, your character flows from move to move, and it's, it's, you know, different. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, I, I just I find it kind of an odd. I'm not complaining because I'm using it. I'm taking advantage of it, but it's just kind of an odd way to. I I didn't see it coming, and it's just a weird way to go. So we say uh, it's not destroying the world, but not our cup of tea. Yeah, I think so. Except secretly, I'm using it <laughs> it's not my cup of tea according to my wikipedia page <laughs> exactly the next item that we have is thq's warhammer 40,000 mmo is saying that they're not going to need a large number of uh player base to uh to kind of make their money back they're really saying that uh if they were having, a, I think it's a million players, as they quoted, that uh, they would be falling over with money. And I'm not really sure how they can justify that statement. I mean, I would think any company would say, I'll take as many players as I can get. I I kind of, um, on the other side, I think that's the right thing to be saying these days. I think the guys that are like, we're going to come out and we're going to have the greatest game ever and it's going to, it's going to utterly destroy World of Warcraft, uh, which which happened with another un, uh, unnamed uh, Warhammer title. Quite the you excellent know, accent there, by the way. Oh, yeah, I didn't do too well. I don't know. I, 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 have to, I have to work up to it. But, you know, that was that was perhaps the the, the ultimate example of, of how not to – how not to sell it to your investors because there was no way to live up to that. And then it, you know, Warhammer came out and, and Noah and I liked it. We played it quite a bit, but it was not a wow killer. It was not even a wow competitor. It was a sad little blip on the MMO radar and the, the player base just evaporated from it. Despite the fact that I think that game still has some really nice, you know, components to it, especially the scenarios. But to come out and say that, you know, we don't need we don't need wow numbers to be successful, I think is the right approach right now. I think that what you need to have for a game like that is to have some really good tools 
so that you don't need a cast of thousands to to put you know put the game together. Um, I, I think I don't think you need to be reinventing the wheel as far as MMO coding goes. I think you need to have a pretty standard engine and and a way to bring in your custom art assets and make it all click and focus on the story and focus on things that are you know going to make it unique. And, you know, maybe any little special things that, that, like, I could see with Warhammer 40K, you know, it could be more of a Twitch combat kind of thing with, like, a targeting ret, reticule or, ret, ret, what do you call that? How do you say it, Noah? Reticule. Reticule, thank you. I don't know what I even said. But with, with a good reticule, with, you know, something something a little bit more um, geared towards ranged combat, I think those would be kind of the things you would want to work for with your customization. Um, but I don't think that you should have a cast of thousands working on it because, frankly, the only company that can afford it right now, as far as I can tell, is Blizzard, um, followed closely by maybe Turbine. And and that's only because Turbine has been really, really picky with what they've gone for uh, as far as, you know, IPs like the the whole Lord of the Rings thing, um, getting getting DDO to kind of have a a whole new life as a um, free to play game. I I just am not seeing the wisdom of coming out with with a requirement to have more than a million subscribers. So I'm not a really. Long I mean, are they actually are they actually saying they don't? I mean, I kind of took it as you know. I think the same way Noah may have is I'm, I'm worried about what are they actually putting out? Are they just cashing in on the Warhammer 40,000 name to get a little quick money? Um, I mean, we can totally sidestep the discussion on, you know, really the 40K universe is, uh, I don't see how it can be a decent MMO anyway. It's not really designed around the individual player anyway, but. Yeah, um, well. Yeah, I, I would agree with you that both Warhammer 40K and Warhammer itself would are much better geared towards RTSs than MMOs just in general. Now, we'll say, you know, their la- the the last 40K game, you know, it was, was the numbers of your units were very very tight, so it did almost play like you had a a team, you know. And so I mean, I if, I guess if you took that um that very personal squad level based visceral type um, component, and you know, had your basically had a squad leader as your character, and then you had you know like a, a squad that you kind of controlled as hirelings or whatever, sort of like uh, oh bridge officers in Star Trek or so, or uh, um, uh, Guild Wars heroes that type of stuff. I could see where that might work, um, but. That also is a fairly um, kind of stepping out of the norm of what an MMO is. So I, I don't know if that would be the case if they were trying to, you know, you know, sort of kind of limit their budget to their existing assets that they had from their from their other 40k games and that type of stuff. I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they come out with. So do you guys think it'll be a Facebook game, which is one uh, of the commenters? Actually, the first comment was, <laughs> sounds dangerously like a Facebook game. Please don't be a Facebook game. <laughs> That'd be, that would be pretty horrible. 
Hmm, tonight will I play Warhammer 40k MMO or Farmville? Hmm. <laughs> They're interchangeable. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'll play that really cool vampire game. I mean, the the sci-fi market's going to be pretty saturated here soon. Uh, uh, they're going to have to have something out there to bring to bring in out of, to bring in the any but any player base, I think. Well, I do like THQ quite a bit, so maybe they'll somehow yeah. make this thing work. You know? They're a good publisher, so yeah. It's just a, it's an interesting way to come out and put your put your money where your mouth is, I guess. Well, we'll see if they do that. No, what do you think? About them not spending a lot of money on the game? <laughs> or just uh, in general? I'm a little nervous because I was looking forward to this game. And I wasn't expecting it to be a World of Warcraft killer, but I am looking for a really exciting, somewhat arcadey uh, sci-fi MMO. And I'm kind of ascribing that type of gameplay because that's what I liked about Warhammer Online, the scenarios. It made playing an MMO kind of like an arcade experience, and I really liked that a lot. And it got me into multiplayer gaming, multiplayer MMO gaming, competitive multiplayer MMO gaming. Gosh, that's a going from the backwards back into the thing. <laughs> it got me into that in a very comfortable and accessible way with out as strong of a penalty, and that's why I liked it. I think that's why I like League of Legends so much, is it's something I can just jump into and I don't have to worry about any extra fluff or lore or grinding around it. It's just it is what it is. And we don't really know what the Warhammer MMO is going to be like, but THQ, Warhammer 40K MMO, THQ has made no, has has not held back in saying, oh my gosh, it's so freaking awesome, wait until you see it at E3. And I'm really excited that some of us channel massive folks are really going to actually get a chance to play it and see. No, what it's I, like. I don't know. I don't know if I have time. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I might. I might just be. You know, it's like I have to get as many pictures of myself with booth babes as possible. So <laughs> I, I just don't know if it's in the cards. for the kids, for the listeners. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> really, you know, just don't know. So I'm looking forward to it either way. If you know, it could potentially be a really great game, even with a low budget. Well, and maybe we'll that'll make it. It might make it better. I mean, it really might. Sometimes limitations when when a, when a, when there's a project and there are limitations like this, they can sometimes bring out true greatness, as opposed to what we saw with say, oh Vanguard. So you know, maybe maybe it'll happen. Maybe this will be. Maybe this will blow away Warhammer. The MMO, you know, who knows? Well, and um, you know the the squad shooter sci-fi genre. I mean, Global Agenda is coming out. Warhammer 40k now will be coming out. Um, you know, they just announced uh, Planet Side has got something that's going to be coming up here pretty soon. In the oh wow, word, word on the street is it's Planet Side too. So wow, which sort of broke the mold for real-time strategy. You know, first-person shooter, right? Future gaming. So, well, yeah. Now they've all had time to see what how battleground works and stuff, and or battlefield. I mean, so you know that might be 
be interesting to see what that's brought or Call of Duty 4. I don't know. Be interesting. So, 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 the question is, are games blending microtransactions and standard subscription models cashing in, or is it just me? And, and I ask this question based on the recent expansion pack for Age of Conan, where, well, here's just, for instance, some of the pricing. If you wanted to get the expansion upgrade, that's twenty four ninety nine plus a monthly subscription fee. If you wanted to buy the whole thing um, because you never played Age of Conan, you could spend twenty nine ninety nine. But wait, it gets better. Do you want the digital collector's edition with all kinds of nifty little virtual items? Well, that's going to be an extra nine ninety nine. Or do you need the Tortage Survival Pack, which includes thirty game, uh, thirty days of game time? That's got everything the digital collector's edition has, plus a couple of other things that were previously only available if you bought the collector's edition of the original game, and that's twenty four ninety nine. Or do you want to buy the expansion plus the Might of Krom, which is the ultimate add-on to the expansion pack? It includes everything in the Digital Collector's Edition, everything in the Tortage Survival Pack, several features from the original Collector's Edition that's now impossible to have, and it gives you 60 games or 60 days of game time, all for the low, low cost of $59.99. And you still have that monthly subscription fee after your... Um, game time expires. I guess my question is, are people cleaning up by mixing together microtransactions and the standard subscription model, or or is it just me? Well, the answer is yes. <laughs> I think so, too. I mean, I, mean I, I believe before it's all said and done, uh, I think the standard subscription model will be a thing of the past. I think it will... I don't. I think the free to plays will get to a point where it'll be you. You either pay for content as you play it, or you pay, you know, a subscription plus some things that you won't even get in your subscription. Right, like maybe level faster or something. right convenience items, those type of things. I still right. think DDO does it the best. Um, I think the most bang for your buck is a permanently unlocking content. Um, I, I, that it seems like that model to me just appeals more than than any other. Um, you know, being able to actually open gameplay items where you know this suite of quests or you know this one area that's only available if you open you know if you buy this pack or whatever. That's um, almost like a uh, a mini expansion more than than a. You know, convenience items to me. I think the convenience items thing is just a matter of time. It's just to get us used to doing it. I, I kind of think so too, and um, I think Noah included APB's release date and pricing structure. The the crazy thing about this is they have a subscription model, which is you can have six dollars and ninety nine cents for your twenty hours a month, or you can pay the full nine ninety nine for the whole month of unlimited. Play time, I guess. I I find that to be crazy. So it's like a three dollar price difference that you decide on. Now, honestly, for me, for a lot of MMOs, 
I would be better served if I did the 20 hours thing just because I think I'm going to have a lot of play time, but in reality I won't. But, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting option to have, especially when you're announcing a new product versus, you know, trying to revamp an old product to make it, you know, kind of work like they did with DDO, kind of the, the re reinventing of DDO. So kind of interesting and scary. I actually really like that model. It's because it's like the it's the open door subscription model. Right. And it gives you more options to not be locked into play, paying something that you forget about or especially with, for people like us who jump from one game to the next <laughs> frequently or like to have a lot of variety in their gaming. It's kind of nice to say, you know, I still want to keep this account active, but I only want to play for a couple pay for a couple hours worth because that's all I'm going to pay. Right. Well, one thing that um, you know that I, I could see where okay, APB kind of sounds like it is going to be a very casual, jump in, fun, you know, really get to the action fast type game. But what if you're playing Ion? That is a pretty. I mean. Like it or hate it, it's an Asian grind fest. I mean, it is. Um, yeah. Lineage, I mean, if I'm playing 20 hours of that, I'm getting nowhere because of the grind. Um, right. You know, I can see where the premium becomes. If I'm paying per hour for my game, I expect to have a decent game. Um, I think some of, you know, some MMOs we put up with, like, you know, a lot of the free-to-plays, we put up with some stuff that is not... Um, not the most efficient from a time standpoint because we're oh well, we're paying you know ten or fifteen dollars a month and we get all this time every month anyway we'll just you know um, I, with paying for a premium for your time I can see where the the gameplay needs to be you know there shouldn't be a lot of grind in there yeah I, I would have a real problem with that if you know I'm only getting a couple levels for twenty hours of gameplay absolutely. I don't know. It's just it, it's it's kind of cool that there's all these different options. I think a lot of us thought that microtransactions would apply only to you know free to play games because it would be kind of one or the other, like microtransactions to supplement the effort behind the free to play game content or a subscription model. But the hybrid model, it just it's just cleaning up right now. I mean, it's got to be. I think you'll I think you'll have. Free to plays that have the item shops will be your, you know, your regular tier games, and then your AAA titles will be subscriptions plus microtransactions. Right, right. And, you know the big, so the too. big blowout upgrades. You know the the WoW to every two years huge expansions we may not get anymore. It may be yes, you pay a subscription model, and every three months we're going to come out with a seven to ten or twelve or twenty dollar expansion that is all digital that you can either buy or not buy. I mean, in reality, yeah, I can see that. I can I can see where that for one you can say we're up that we update our game much more often than WoW does. And in reality, you probably would make more money. I mean, it is really the model Guild Wars used. They just that's what I was going to reference. Yeah. Sorry. Um, if they if they had split some of those expansions up in 
you know, like say in two, you know, and release oh, yeah. small digital only versions of those expansions for like half the price. Um, you know, that thing may still be going a lot more than they are now. I mean, it, I, I don't know. I think they were a little ahead of their time on their pricing on that stuff. So, yeah, I think Noah? so too. And they big success. Noinator. Nice discussion. I'm just going to say that I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting movie. Well said. We want to totally. At least you agree. You're not going to. So. You're not cold, totally going to call bullshit on us and and <laughs> wade into battle against our our take on it. No. No, we're gaming Nostradamus, of course. Yeah. I mean, summarily, well, I'll just say that I think the traditional subscription model has to go away. I really like League of Legends model, and I, I like the APB model. So we'll see which one wins out. Next That's up, good. we're actually going to talk about something else related to gamer economics, or specifically your wallet, a game that, well, I, I think I could say all of us are really looking forward to, has finally been dated. And so the question of how much money are you willing to put down is more relevant than ever. That's next. StarCraft 2, part one of three, is finally dated for late July. Yes, folks, in in July, on July 27th, you will be able to play one of three parts of StarCraft 2. Wings of Liberty. Wings of the Libertarian. Libertarian. Oh, no, that's not right. In any case, what <laughs> uh, was a bit of a shock to some of us is that the game has been, I mean, the scenarios have kind of been broken up into three parts with the Terrans leading the charge. Um, that's, you know, StarCraft One had that too, but it was, at least when you bought it, you got to play all three, you know, at, at the same time once you completed each part. But they're breaking it up into three pieces, I suppose, to get as much money out of it as possible, and it has in, enraged a few um just kind of slightly slightly irritated others. Um, there's a whole bunch of different pricing you can get for this puppy. If you want to go with the collector's edition, you get all kinds of nifty stuff. You know, um, what do you guys think? Are you are, are are Scott? Are you a StarCraft One player? I am. It's been forever since I've played it, but um, I, I'm an old Terran player myself. I like to turtle up. So, um, oh, nice. You know, the fact that, uh, you know, the Terrans were the first one released probably would have been the ones I would have played with most anyway. But I just think, uh, I mean, you just don't get as much as you used to for your money. Uh, I really think they're trying to cash in on kind of, you know, the big AAA titles that are out right now, like, you know, Mass Effect. Um, Bioware has pretty much said that, um, uh, that Dragon Age is going to have, you know, some carry on the original story there. Um, the way that first-person shooters have begun to sort of build story into this, um, you know, into a reoccurring epic so that each game kind of builds off the other from a story standpoint. I think they're just splitting it apart to kind of monetize it a little bit more, but they're using the same format of the, you know, the three-part trilogy to kind of extend the value 
from their side, not our side. They're extending the value of how much money they can get out of the game. Well, the way that they're defending it is they're saying that it allows them to create a much more, a much richer and complex story for each campaign. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the original StarCraft, you got, I think, 30 missions, but 10 uh, to play as a certain race, to play a racist campaign, it was only 10 missions. So, like, yeah. the Terran campaign was 10 missions, the Zerg campaign was 10 missions, the Protoss campaign was 10 missions. That's Whereas right. here in StarCraft II, you have 29 missions that are all Terran, and they're all one story. And they have really tricky, weird scenarios. They're not the t- traditional build-a-base, research something, and then go smash the enemies. There's escort-type missions, and there's time-based things that require... Uh, for instance, using a drill to get into a Protoss temple to take some special, <laughs> just to take horrible. their special resources. And <gasps> no. so you have to both have the drill run, defend the drill, and then also build up your base and defend your base. And then from your base, create more powerful defenses for the drill all at the same time. So it's just really cool, clever scenarios. The other consternation about this game, though, is Okay, the collector's edition is really cool, and it comes with a lot of neat stuff for $100. The standard default edition of the game, with its 29 Terran missions, is $60. It's not $50. So I think even as a PC gamer, you won't be able to get it for $50, which is something that I think Modern Warfare 2 did as well. $10 premium for this game. It's $10 better. Yeah. So a couple of the questions, do we know, are you going to be able to, in in the multiplayer, are you going to be able to play the other two factions Yes. with the first set? Now that yes. that goes a little bit, but I, and I wonder, are the other two going to be 60 bucks for the basic game? Because to me, I could see this is totally worth it if it's, I mean, I mean the reality is everything's going to be 59.99. That's just all the large titles, that's they're going to be out the door price from now on. Really, the 360 and and the, uh, you know has kind PS3. of broached that. Yeah, yep. it's the consoles kind of took us into that, and it it was just a matter of time before PCs followed suit. Um, but if this is released at 59.99, and say three months later you get. 29.99 expansion that has the 30 missions for the Protoss, and then three months after that, you get the 29 missions for 30 bucks that has the Zerg in it. That to me would be, I mean, that's that's a pretty good deal. Um, I mean, you're talking about 90 single player missions. I mean, that's, plus endless multiplayer capability, and in each and one mods. of those three, you could throw. You know, kind of what they did in some of the expansion packs for the original StarCraft, throw one or two kind of new nuance units for each of the other yeah. races. You bring out Protoss, you know, throw, throw a couple more into the Terrans, and maybe let a couple come in for the Zerg, but only let them in the multiplayer, or whatever it happens to be. But, I mean, there's some ways I think they could work that where it could be a little more palatable to the players. It all does depend on what's that price going to be for Part 2 and Part 3. Or are they going to be like the Warhammer piece where, in reality, it's a standalone game. If you didn't own the original, you could buy two and not have to own one. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm the more I think about it, the more ready I am to just shell up a box because I know, I know for the original game, the original StarCraft. I mean, the replayability of that was just priceless, you know. So. Well, yeah. Well, what version are you going to get? Still playing. I'm just going to get the normal version. I I don't really need Jim Raynor's dog tags or Brood <laughs> War and the original StarCraft one on a USB flash disc or whatever. I'm surprised so. though. I mean, you're the Blizzard fanboy. Yeah, but I don't know. It just it just seems like I don't really need the in-game pet for Warcraft 3 or World of Warcraft either. So, I don't know. Well, what's your yeah. favorite race in StarCraft? The Protoss. So would you buy the limited edition Protoss if there was one of those? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that, too, with the Zerg, actually. I really do love the Protoss in that game. So, Listeners, let that. us know what you think. Are you uh, saving up? Which version are you going to buy? Are you not going to buy it on principle? You're going to try to pirate it? Even though Bungie or Battle.net will, will hunt you down and prevent you. Battle.net. .net 2.0 will kill you yeah. well, not and allowed. your family. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. We're interested to hear what you guys are going to do and if we'll be able to play with you in multiplayer. Yeah, definitely. Time. That'd be really cool. That'd be way cool. See, I'll have, what, three months to get my Terran stuff all down before y'all, uh, before you get your <laughs> copies. That's right. Of course, then you'll, then you'll, oh, I won't have any way of knowing how you'll be playing yours because you'll, go through and find all these new moves that the Zerg do. and <laughs> Right. They'll probably, just, just to spite me, the Protoss will be the last. Oh, I'm pretty sure it will be. I was kind of surprised the Zerg didn't go first. Yeah, yeah I think they did say that the Protoss is going to be the last one again. Damn it. <laughs> They're so cool. It's a conspiracy. Love the Protoss. <laughs> That's well, a wrap that's for a wrap. Uh, yeah, for 130, that's the end of our long and meandering episode. We hope you liked it, and we look forward to hearing your thoughts on what we talked about. And, Scott, thank you, as always, for hosting with us tonight. Hey, always a pleasure, guys, anytime. Yeah, and I hope you guys both have a good night. I'm going to go see Iron Man and try to stay awake at work tomorrow. Hey, do you want me to tell you how it ends? Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks, Jason. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Channeling Jason. Well, good night, everyone. Good night. That was fun.